If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. On a Tuesday evening from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, alongside Adam Burke, sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Trade deadline day in Major League Baseball has come and gone, and boy, what a day it was with Juan Soto getting dealt to the San Diego Padres. Whole lot to get to uh, tonight. We will continue our summer conditioning with the Miami Dolphins, who were in the news today. Uh, not a great day for the old Finns, and uh, we will also uh, check in uh, all over the place when it comes to Major League Baseball and a little college football, too, with our college football betting guide out. But, Adam, I had to start. I, I looked at the closet today, and I said, I got to wear it, got to represent my Nationals because it's over, man. It is uh, It is over. It has been over. Uh, they are a terrible baseball team, and today they shipped – one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball, 23 years old. They have sent him to the San Diego Padres. As you and I projected last night, both you and I believe they would make the most aggressive deal. They ultimately did. Five players, in actually six players in totality, head to Washington for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. A massive haul for the Nationals, but you know, when it comes to the betting side of things, quite the get for the Padres, and I know you've been a busy person today uh, with our live blog over at VEASAN. Um, the odds cut in half in the futures market for the San Diego Padres. Early this morning here at Circa, I may have dabbled a little bit, 22-1, to 1, it now sits at 11-1 to 1 for the San Diego Padres to win the World Series. Yeah, it's an excellent grab by you. It's exactly what we talked about last night on the show. If they make this deal... I thought they'd go down to around the 12 to 1, maybe 14 to 1 range. And that's where DraftKings actually put them, was down at 12 to 1 when that deal got announced. They had taken the lines down for a little bit. They were down to 18 to 1, reopened at 12 to 1. Now they sit at 11 to 1 out there. And look, I mean, you talk about adding an impact player at the trade deadline. There's probably no bigger impact player that we've seen over the last 20, 25 years than Juan Soto getting moved. Maybe he's the missing piece. I also think Josh Bell's a really good get. Yes. A guy that nobody's talking about in this deal, but a really, really good get 
for the Padres here in this trade. And it seems like they kind of really didn't give up much of anything for him, given the package of prospects it takes to get Juan Soto. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I still think the Dodgers are better. I still think the Mets are better. And you could make an argument that the Braves could potentially be better. And that's exactly what the odds show with the Padres being the fourth choice in the National League. So this helps them a lot for this season. But I also think the 2023 impact of a full year of Soto, presumably a full year of Tatis, that's where I'd be really interested to see what the Padres open for next year. Yeah, and and as you've seen, as we show you, the odds to you know win the NL West haven't really changed all that much. They are not going to win the National League West. The Dodgers have pretty much taken that and run with it. Um, but to win the division, or sorry, to win the pennant, uh, to win the World Series. Now, you know, before we fully dive into it, and there were there were other moves today, but none bigger, obviously, than than Juan Soto. And I agree. I was doing a radio hit today with a, a good friend of mine on in San Diego, and we were talking about this. I said, look, you know, I, I get the excitement. It's a great day for San Diego. It's a great day for Padres fans. But to your point, you know, Josh Bell is absolutely the overlooked factor in this. Now, you know, Juan Soto, his track record of, you know, what he is as a player, what he can will potentially be, and also his track record in the postseason, which I think, you know, Padres fans have to be thrilled about. There's no what if. Now, it's baseball. He could have a slump in the postseason and not, you know, come through. But you think about the Brewers game, down 3-1, bottom of the eighth inning. Nationals have had a, had, had a terrible history of, of postseason failures. He comes through with a single to right field. Trent Grisham, now his teammate, boots the ball in right field. All three runs come home to score. The back-to-back homer uh, against Clayton Kershaw in uh, in Los Angeles. The multiple home runs against the Houston Astros in the World Series, including uh, one that still hasn't landed off Garrett Cole. The moment is not too big for him, and he was 20 then. Now he'll be 23. More protection in this lineup, certainly, than what he had this year. But Josh Bell hitting over 300 this year, Adam, a guy that... You know, really, if the Nationals weren't such a dumpster fire of an, uh, a team this season, probably would have been an all-star, but you're not going to give multiple all-star nods to a terrible baseball team like the Nationals. You know, Josh Bell is absolutely uh, an overlooked asset that the Padres acquired. And then you look at, you know, the overall haul for the Padres. You get Josh Hader, you get Juan Soto, you get Josh Bell, you get Brandon Drury. It was a pretty darn good couple of days here for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, it absolutely was. And and also, you look at Josh Bell this season. He has almost a 400 on-base percentage against right-handed pitching. And the Padres have been a bottom-five offense in a lot of metrics against right-handed pitching throughout the course of the season. So Josh Bell's a guy. He comes in, weighted runs created plus, WRC plus of 148 against right-handed pitching. That means he's 48% better than league average in that split. And obviously, you've got you know a guy in Soto who's going to maul right-handed pitching as he has throughout his career. So that was a big point that the Padres needed to upgrade was their performance against righties and getting Hader at the back end. You know, certainly you could say he's more trustworthy than Taylor Rogers, but you know, Rogers was pretty good early on in the yeah. year as well. But you know, look, Preller went for it and I give him credit for that. You know, not, he went all in and then splashed the pot, which is basically what I said in our live blog over at vcin.com. This is, if you're going to go for it, this is how you have to do it. And this has become a World Series or bust team now, not necessarily this year, but at least over the next few years because they gave up a significant amount of talent for, in terms of prospects that went to the Nationals, that also went to the Brewers in that Josh Hader deal. Yep. 
they gave up a lot of talent from their system. So, you know, that's really the only thing that they could do to try and compete with the Dodgers. Now we'll see if it works out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for the Padres, you look at the the pieces that they gave up, um, you know, when you draft as well as they have done in, in recent years, Adam, you get these opportunities where you have the fruits in the farm system and what you want to do with them. Do you decide, okay, we're going to build with those pieces or do we go make the big splash and bring in a 23-year-old World Series champion, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and one of the best closers in the game in Josh Hader, and that's exactly what they did. So I, I give them credit. But yes, the Hall, C.J. Abrams, uh, he has graduated from the prospect status. He was a top-tier prospect, what, last year? I think he was a top-five prospect in all of baseball. You look at Mackenzie Gore dealing with a bit of an elbow injury. Uh, I believe he went on DC Radio today and said uh, it's not too serious. Who knows if he'll pitch again this year, but two years ago, he was a guy that was a top, I think, five prospect in all of baseball. Robert Halsell. Ha- uh, ha- uh, was the number two prospect, I believe, in the Padres. Or, no, he's the number one prospect in the Orioles and the Padres organization. James Wood, number three prospect. So they they gave up a lot of pieces to go and get Juan Soto. But like you said, they didn't give up anyone of necessarily significance now for the Padres. Eric Hosmer gets deal, uh, dealt to the uh, to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you know, for a moment, I think Padres fans were worried that he might mess up this <laughs> whole deal uh, because he had a no trade clause, but. When it comes to the Padres now, them being down at 11-1, to 1, Adam, my question for people jumping in now, because I know what's going to happen. People are going to say the Padres are going to win it. At 11-1, to 1, has the value been sucked away from the San Diego Padres? Yeah, I think so. I think the value, the value is gone. The value is what we talked about last night, yeah. of just assuming that this deal was going to happen. And the reality of it was, even if this deal doesn't happen, they were a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So you at least have a 20 or 22 to 1 live in the playoffs. I call it the tournament of variance because absolutely anything can happen. But you know, now that Look price at the has Nationals been cut in, in 2019. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the, the the Cleveland Indians in 2016 where, yeah, they had a great regular season record, but I mean, they were very thin in the starting rotation and still wound up making it to game seven against the Cubs, which still hurts. But to your point about you know drafting and, and player development. You know, look, okay, I get it. You know, they have this big contract out to Tatis. They have this big contract out to Manny Machado. They just gave Joe Musgrove an extension today as well, or yesterday. Yeah, there's a lot of money there. Sure, absolutely. But when you look at what the Yankees did at the trade deadline, they also were able to trade legitimate prospects that they drafted and developed. Player development is still critically important. Yes, if you have a lot of money, you can go out and buy free agents and plug holes and all of that. But when it comes to this and being able to trade for the players that you need, you have to have the minor league system to do it. You have to have that player development in place. So, yeah, there's some big money players out there for the for the Yankees, the Padres, the Dodgers, all that. But you're also able to build and, and do a Trey Turner, Max Scherzer deal because your player development staff is on top of things. So it's it's the whole enchilada. It's not just being able to spend a lot of money. It's also being able to maximize the players that you draft and develop. Well, and that's why you know the Nationals were in the situation that they were in, that they've been in these past couple of years, where they've had to trade away. Now, you know, people in D.C. are upset that they didn't, you know, re-sign or keep win Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, you know, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, which I totally I think is fair. But they were in the situation now 
as you know a bottom five organization depth wise because they had had poor player development, poor drafting. All that being said, of course, of course, of course, of course, Juan Soto, Josh Bell gets traded away from the worst team in all of baseball. They're playing Jacob Degrom. They're facing Jacob Degrom. They are a plus three dollar underdog, Adam. And what do they do? They went five to one because it's baseball. And that's, of course, what happened. And as Ben Fox tweeted out today, uh, 92% of the tickets, 92% of the money were on the New York Mets today and the Washington Nationals with a dude who had 10 years of minor league uh, uh, of uh, minor league service time making his major league debut, they debut Joey Manessis. And he hits a home run. That's the way it all works. It's the nightcap. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches. At Zyn.com, at Zyn.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Adam Burke, sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray, and uh, it is trade deadline day. The deadline has come and gone four hours ago, and Bob Nightingale was uh, covering it all and has been for, for many, many years. USA Today, Major League Baseball columnist, and Bob joins us right now at B Nightingale on Twitter. Bob, the Juan Soto deal was longly speculated, and ultimately, it 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 
lands to the San Diego Padres, you know, at what point throughout the process, because we had heard the Cardinals, we had heard maybe the Dodgers, so many other teams might be potentially involved to for the Juan Soto sweepstakes. At what point did A.J. Preller and the Padres say, you know what, we're going all in on Juan Soto, and, and ultimately they're able to land him for, for a quite significant haul, but one that I'm sure they're thrilled about today that they have a superstar in that lineup. Yeah, I think they were always the uh, the favorite. I mean, the Dodgers were in there, and Dodgers didn't want him to go to the Padres, obviously, but they they finished second. St. Louis was in there, but they just never made the offer that enticed them. It was almost a situation where uh, you can have prospects, or we'll give you a Dilson Carlson and maybe another major league player, but that's it. It's never intrigued them. Seattle jumped in early, too. But they thought the price was so high, and then once they uh, once they got their pitcher, Luis Castillo from the uh, Cincinnati Reds, they backed out. So at the end, it really became down to between Padres and Dodgers. Bob, you mentioned the Cardinals kind of being in that mix for Soto a little bit, and you know the Cardinals had an interesting trade deadline. They picked up a couple of left-handed starters and Jose Quintana. That was a move that happened last night when we were on the air, and then they also pick up Jordan Montgomery today from the New York Yankees. Uh, what do you think about the Cardinals and their deadline haul and also their chances of toppling the Brewers there in the NL Central? Well, I'm sure they were celebrating yesterday when the Hader got, Josh Hader got traded, you know, the Brewers four-time all-star closer. <laughs> that was the best news they could have got. And, uh, yeah, I thought Quintana trade was okay. We'll see how he does. Uh, I really liked Montgomery trade. I know, you know, they traded, uh, you know, Bader, you know, Gold Glove outfielder, but he's also been hurt. Lot swing and miss type guy, and uh, so you, you get him for for nothing at, at the time until uh, you know Bader gets healthy. So I liked it. You know, last year they went kind of cheap, and it worked out for them. You know, Lester pitched well, and uh, I'm trying to think who else they got too besides Lester. But they got two guys come off the scrap heap, and it worked. Uh, so I think the same thing here. You know, they still retain all their prospects and and all that. So that's kind of the way the Cardinals do things. They kind of keep a uh, a very mid-sized payroll without being too aggressive. Recapping the MLB trade deadline with Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Major League Baseball columnist. Bob, staying in the NL Central, you mentioned the Josh Hader deal. So he goes to the San Diego Padres. That was yesterday, maybe the move that, that raised some eyebrows. Now some prospects go back and also Rodgers. So it wasn't a complete wash for the Brewers you know, what did you ultimately make of, of what the Brewers decided to do? You know, there were thoughts maybe they go after a bat like uh, like a Josh Bell. Ultimately, of course, he lands in San Diego. So uh, uh, almost a, a unique trade deadline. They go out and they get Matt Bush yesterday from the Rangers. They get Trevor Rosenthal today from the Giants. So overall, what was your, your thought process of, of how the Brewers went about the trade deadline? Well, you know, I had heard about a month ago, and I wrote it in my uh, you know, notes column, that they were listening to offers for Josh Hader. But I thought, man, they got to get really overwhelmed to do it. And it was a nice package. I thought they'd get more for Hader. But Hader had struggled a little bit. And, uh, you know, they did get Taylor Rogers back, who had been struggling also for the Padres. So, I mean, they have that, that kind of trust in Devin Williams, or setup guy, who hasn't been scored on his last 30 appearances. And like you said, you know, took in some flyers with the Trevor Rosenthal, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, Rosenthal's a pitched in the big leagues in a few years, but they uh, kind of piecemeal together. 
I think it was just, you know, economic thing. They weren't going to pay eight or 16, 17 million dollars next year. And they figured they weren't going to get the same kind of uh, a trade value during the winter as now. So I understand it, but yet you got to be careful in that clubhouse. You are pretty upset. You know, Devin Williams was very upset saying, hey, I thought we're trying to win here. Even though he's got a chance to be the closer, he kind of took it, uh, you know, uh, not said the wrong way, but, you know, took it bad as, as well as some other uh, players just kind of questioning the whole direction of the Brewers. So we'll see. You know, if the Brewers don't win the division, you know, the trade will probably come back to haunt them, you know, publicly. Bob, let's stick with the Central, but move over to the American League here where the Twins pick up Tyler Molly, they pick up Michael Fulmer and also Jorge Lopez, so they get three pitchers to really help out their pitching staff, whereas the White Sox, they only make a minor move, get reliever Jake Diekman. The Guardians did absolutely nothing. Were you surprised that the White Sox and the Guardians didn't really do anything with this division race so close? It really was. You know, I thought I talked to some White Sox people yesterday, and they weren't anticipating much, but I thought they were downplaying it. It's like, like you got to do something. It's the most you know underachieving team in baseball. Cleveland, you know, go get a bat. You got all those pitchers there. Do something. So I am. You know, the Twins, you know, they, you know, good for them. Getting the uh, you know the three pitchers. They wanted another starter too. They got overachieved and uh, hanging in the race. Obviously, they got Carlos Correa to show people, hey, we're in this thing at the beginning. And gave it, you know, gave a steep, steep price for uh, Tyler Maley, but got their guy. Uh, so good for them for trying. I mean, if you just go by the you know, baseball gods, I mean, they deserve to win the division now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As we talked to Bob Nightingale, Bob, just circling back to the Padres, you know, what they were able to do uh, during this trade deadline of, you know, bringing in Juan Soto, bringing in Josh Bell, uh, you know, corresponding move of, of, of shipping out Eric Hosmer and getting that contract off the books and sending him to to Boston, but also bringing in Drury and Josh Hader. You know, the odds, you know, in the betting market have have significantly shifted. Now, they're not the favor. There's still three teams ahead of them, even in just the National League uh, with the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers. But when you look at this Padres team, in your eyes, Bob, are they deep enough and strong enough uh, to win the first World Series title in franchise history? Well, they're certainly dangerous. I mean, nobody wants to play them. They have a deep rotation, too. You know, when you go to Musgrove and they, uh, you know, Darvish at you, you know, Snell's been, uh, you know, up and down. But they got, you know, five five starters they can throw at you and, and scare you. Obviously, in the middle of the lineup now with the, uh, you know, Tatis, Machado, and, and Soto. Uh, they got, you know, now they have an all-star closer. So I don't think anybody wants to play them. They're very scary, uh, you know. I'm sure people like to see, you know, the Dodgers, at least in San Diego, like to see the Dodgers because they uh, hate L.A. so much. Uh, I still think the team nobody talks about is Atlanta. I thought they did a nice job at the trade deadline, and uh, I still think people are overlooking them. It's like, you know, I know people are talking about everybody else, but if you just want a team for, okay, I'll take my odds on this on this team. I think Atlanta will be the team. Well, let's talk about a couple of the top teams here in the American League where the Houston Astros get Trey Mancini from the Orioles, Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. So they're certainly improved, but the team that grabbed headlines was the Yankees by getting Frankie Montas. They get Scott F. Ross as well to help out their bullpen, as well as Lou Trevino. Who would you say right now? And, you know, these two teams are pretty close. Yankees plus 390, Astros plus 475 to win the World Series. Is it the Yankees or is it the Astros for you in the American League? 
I kind of like the Astros, although I really like the moves the Yankees made. Astros still don't have that center fielder. But I you know, love the fact they got Vasquez. The one thing about the Astros, I think they're the Yankees' heads. I mean, they played seven games this year. And, you know, the, the great stat is that the Yankees never had a lead once at any point when they came to, to the plate. Uh, Astros led, you know, every game. Uh, they blew two saves, so they went five of the seven. But those were walk-off hits. Uh, you know, that's a, they're the one team that, the, at the, uh, that can beat the Yankees. I don't know if anybody else in America really can, but Houston can. And uh, I think everybody wants to see another rematch of an Astro-Yankee ALCS. He is Bob Nightingale. He's been a busy man these past couple of days. We appreciate you, Bob, uh, jumping on with us, and uh, keep up the great work. All right, my pleasure. Thank you. There he is, Bob Nightingale from uh, the USA Today, Major League Baseball columnist. We'll get into uh, some of uh, some of our thoughts on you know who were the teams that bettered themselves the most, who should have done a little bit more. Keep our eyes on what's happening around Major League Baseball. Cody Decker will join us in 15 minutes or so as well to get his reactions as he has been uh, championing the Juan Soto to San Diego for for quite some time and ultimately, of course, came to fruition today. That's Adam Burke. I'm Tim Murray. Much more to come here on The Nightcap. Today. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And our weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Adam Burke, I am Tim Murray. It is deadline day. And ultimately, here we are. Um... Some big moves, some teams that didn't make a whole lot of moves, uh, and uh, we'll talk to Cody Decker here in uh, in 15 minutes. We got the Padres game on. Uh, they had a day night doubleheader out in uh, San Diego today. I believe they won. They won game one right over the Rockies, um, but yeah, they won 13 to five earlier today, down two to nothing. That one in the bottom of the first. Uh, we'll see when Juan Soto and Josh Bell join the San Diego Padres, but... Bases loaded, nobody out the bottom of the first yeah, two. Good, good spot for the air. It's almost like Jose Urania is not very good. <laughs> As uh, producer Aaron Oster let us know, the Colorado Rockies, the only team in baseball not to do anything at the trade deadline, not to, not to sell or buy. Obviously, they wouldn't be buying right now. Dodgers, by the way, leading 4 to nothing. Uh, over the Giants. Uh, we spent a lot of the first segment, rightfully so, and, and part of the second segment. We'll certainly get back to it, too, with Cody um, on the Juan Soto uh, acquisition by the San Diego Padres. But let's look at some of the other moves and some of the ones that, Adam, you liked. Uh, once again, you were spending all day today on, on vcin.com updating the live blog and you know what odds moved. Um, you know, the Padres make... Just a bunch of big splashes, obviously. The Dodgers go out and they 
they acquired Joey Gallo um, from the Yankees. Obviously, he has been struggling mightily there for the Yankees. For the Dodgers, did in your opinion, did they have to really make many moves, knowing based off of of that roster and wh- how loaded it is, and they could very well be getting Dustin May back here shortly too. Yeah, I don't think that they really had to do much. I mean, honestly, they didn't really have too many places to put guys. You know, they were actually I'm not going to call them a seller, but you know, they traded Jake Lamb, they traded uh, Mitch White, which was a really interesting move trading him to the Blue Jays. We can circle back to Toronto in a minute, but yeah, the Dodgers just. They didn't really have to do anything. You know, they'll get Walker Bueller back here in the second half. They'll get Dustin May in the second half. Their offense is already very much stacked, as we know. Gallo is just kind of a lottery ticket for them. You know, if he he, he draws walks, he hits for a bit of power, maybe he just kind of couldn't handle the, the New York media market or maybe just never really fit in with that team, something like that. But, you know, I don't really think it's a bad gamble for them necessarily. And Clayton Beater was a guy that, you know, not really that big of a loss for them. Ironically enough, and I actually tweeted about this uh, and wrote about it in the Trade Deadline Live blog, Clayton Beater is like the pitching version of Joey Gallo. Bunch of strikeouts, bunch of walks, bunch of home runs. So it's kind of a really, uh, it was almost a trade by design. It was pretty funny between those two teams, but I don't think the Dodgers had to do anything. It's just a matter now of, of getting their pitchers healthy. The New York Mets, um, they get out, they go out and they get Darren Ruff from the Giants. Weird deal. Didn't like it. Uh, they get Michael Givens from the Cubs. You know, this is a team that people th- expected because of Steve Cohen and and his just you know I don't give you know care attitude about you know money and and you know the whatever they have to do to win. You know, Ruff's been rather terrible this year. Um, Two eleven, eleven homers, thirty eight RBI. You know, they made a trade, what, a month ago to get Vogelbach from the Pirates. So, you know, you can't just look at what they did today, you know, put it all together. But when you look at the Mets, a team that is, you know, having a hell of a year, just got Jacob DeGrom back. And, you know, I saw some people on Twitter say, well, you know, the main acquisition they got on deadline day was Jacob DeGrom. Fair. Did the Mets, in your opinion, do enough? Would you like to see them do a little more? I would have liked to have seen him do a little bit more. I mean, maybe they think James McCann coming back off the I.L. will help them, and, and he's a better offensive player, I think, than, than Thomas Nido. But I, I still – how they didn't get a deal done for Wilson Contreras blows my mind. And why is he still a Cub? I That I don't know either. That blows my mind too. I, that <laughs> It should have been exactly this, Wilson Contreras to the Mets. Like, that was the deal. We talked about it last night. Yeah, you said- I basically said, like, this is signed, sealed, and delivered. Clearly not. Um, look, you know, they get the Grom back, and, and obviously that is a big upgrade for them. They get Michael Givens, who's a guy I do like quite a bit, a guy that Buck Showalter is very familiar with yep. from their time together in Baltimore. Could they have done more? Should they have done more? Yeah, you could certainly make that argument. I mean, they're obviously going to be a playoff team, just a matter of if they win the division or not. It would have been nice to see them do something more. Tyler Naquin's kind of an interesting platoon bat. He still hits righties pretty well. I didn't really get the the Darren Ruff. J.D. Davis swap where they also gave up some pitching talent, uh, including a guy in Zwack that I think actually has a chance to be something. It was a strange deadline for the Mets. It was a strange deadline for the Red Sox. There were some teams that just kind of made some head-scratching decisions. Now, the Mets, it wasn't as important because they're going to be a playoff team, but it still would have been nice to see them add something, but I guess they felt like getting platoon bats like Vogelbach, uh, like Ruff, like Naquin, they felt like that was kind of all they needed, I guess. I want to go to a team. You mentioned this, uh, and I know this. You're frustrated as a as a Guardian fan. Um, the White Sox didn't do anything today. 
But the Twins were busy. You know, they get Male uh, from the Reds. They get Jorge Lopez from the Orioles, uh, who was an all-star this year, really has had a, a, you know an impressive season. I know Orioles fans were, were a bit bent out of shape. I thought, you know, if you're the Orioles, you make that move. You get, you know, four prospects. But for the Twins, who are currently in first place, you still can get a plus price on them to win this division. And I feel like, you know, the majority, I want to say the betting market is just kind of waiting for somebody else to take that division. But the Twins, I liked how aggressive they were today. You know, it's a slight lead in the division. Certainly, you know, you could see the White Sox or Guardians winning that division. But I thought the Twins had a good deadline and their two biggest competitors didn't do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very frustrated that Cleveland didn't do anything, not necessarily for this year, but just because they have way too many middle infield prospects that they probably needed to do something and get a cost-controlled arm, get a little bit of an upgrade in that rotation. Maybe they'll do that over the winter here. The White Sox, I think that they kind of feel this sense of security that now that they're getting healthier, they may end up hitting their stride. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but I did feel like the Twins absolutely had to do something. And I mentioned last night on the show that I was very concerned they didn't get either Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas. Mm-hmm. They wind up getting Tyler Molly. And Tyler Molly is a guy, ERA over five at home, pitching in that hitter's haven in Cincinnati, ERA under four on the road throughout his career. So getting away from that home ballpark should help him. He's going to a pretty weak offensive division there with the Central. And even the White Sox, who have a lot of cool offensive pieces, they don't hit right-handed pitching well at all. So Tyler Molly was a really nice ad for them. Uh, so was Fulmer. So were uh, Lopez at the back of the bullpen because this is a team that gets no length. Again, they got four and a third tonight from Chris Archer. I, they've gotten the third fewest starting pitching innings this year. Their relievers have had to work a ton. So getting more depth back there helps. Would have liked to have seen them get a second starter, and apparently, as Bob Nightingale mentioned, they tried to. Uh, but, you know, I, Molly was at least something, and I think they needed to get something. So they did that. And obviously, you know, their, their two closest competitors did absolutely nothing. I'm going to talk to Cody Decker here in uh, in about five minutes. We'll get his thoughts uh, on the deadline and, you know, his winners, his losers. You know, for you, you know, yesterday we talked about the Yankees. Uh, I, I liked what uh, we saw from the Braves, and the Braves made a couple more moves today going out and get Iglesias uh, from the Angels. So when you look at the Atlanta Braves, the defending world champs, um, you know, they've got a, you know, legit, rotation you talked about the you know the depth they brought in with Oda Rizzi you know yesterday um you know tr- swapping him for Will Smith maybe that gives Spencer Strider more time to you know maybe give him uh you know six six man rotation so overall do you believe that the Braves have have set themselves up in a better spot where you know maybe these moves that they made aren't going to blow you away but you bring in Robbie Grossman. He's your, you know, a fourth outfielder. You bring in um, Ari Adrianza from the uh, from the Nationals that they're familiar with. I, I liked what I saw. I liked what the Braves did at this deadline. Yeah, it was subtle. It yeah. wasn't flashy by any means. But Robbie Grossman's a guy that puts together a lot of professional at bats. He walks at a high rate. He's been around for a long time. Uh, and you know, look the the Odorizzi thing. It is what it is. Like I said last night, I don't think he's a great fit down in Atlanta because he's such an extreme fly ball pitcher, but to make them a six-man rotation and kind of protect Strider, protect Wright, maybe protect Freed a little bit, I'm good with that. And Rysel Iglesias, while very expensive, he's owed a lot of money over the next three years. 
he's a nice insurance policy for Kenley Jansen, who's kind of been a little bit iffy here of late. So I don't think the Braves had to do a ton. I mean, obviously, offensively, they're really, really good, and they're going to make the playoffs. So again, they're a team that feels like, you know what, we'll make subtle acquisitions, and then we'll go with what we have and see what happens head-to-head against the Mets the rest of the way. Well, Juan Soto is a member of the San Diego Padres. A huge day for the Padres. Should you be firing away on the Padres in the futures market? We'll talk to our good friend Cody Decker next here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's Football Betting Guide has become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up early and get a discount. At $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides along with full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to have. To up your betting game, go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Adam Burke, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. And uh, to wrap up the first hour, uh, which has been extensively on the trade deadline, no better person to bring in than our good friend Cody Decker, at Decker6 on Twitter. And uh, there he is, looking so handsome. And uh, feeling feeling, uh, feeling good about himself because you, Cody, have been all over the Juan Soto to, to San Diego trade and uh, 
as you continue your kudos there. Uh, had to be a, a good day for you with uh, with this prediction coming home. Oh, I don't care about the Padres at all. Let's be real clear. This is all about me. I called this two months ago, baby. I called it on this show. You said I was a crazy person. Where are you feeling now about them Nats, Tim Murray? Uh, all I can say is I got my shirt on. <laughs> National League champs 2019. We went on doing the World Series. 2019 was amazing, Cody. And now nobody is there and I look like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince, looking like, where would oh. where'd everybody go? But I actually like the deal for the Nationals so do I. in a vacuum. Uh, should they have signed one of those guys long-term? Of course. But in a vacuum, I like the deal for the Nationals. But you know, as it comes to the betting market, you know, here at Circa, 22-1 to 1 this morning at 6 a.m. Pacific, now 11-1 to 1 on the Padres. Have these odds gone too far, or does it make sense with – the acquisitions of Josh Bell, Juan Soto, and Josh Hader. It makes sense. Let's not sit here and pretend that this was uh, to win the NL West. They are not going to win the NL West, and there's no chance in hell they're going to win the NL West. However, the pennant is a different beast altogether. They just need to get to October. This is a team that already has one of these play uh, these wild card spots. Now they're going to run away with one of these wild card spots. They're not going to catch up to the Dodgers, who got up like a 12 game lead on them. But they could make it interesting. They could get narrow that gap a little bit. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. As for the actual trade package they put out there, hey, man, uh, your Nats kind of came away with a king's ransom. They didn't get one or two good prospects. They got five killer prospects. I mean, that's a future playoff team that the Nats got their hands on. So I'm looking really forward to seeing how all these guys progress forward. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's amazing you mentioned that about the Padres because I even talked about it on my show last week. The Padres were 33-1 to 1 last week. And I was saying, hey, they're going to get Soto. This is going to be at like 10-1. to 1. You might want to jump on it now. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, if you're done patting yourself on the back there, hopefully nope. you don't, you don't tear a rotator cuff or anything like that. I want to ask you kind of more of a I don't, know, I don't really know how to word this, but sort of the the human element of the trade deadline of you know some of these guys like you think about Christian Vasquez for example going from Boston to Houston where he was drafted in 2008 you know so he spent 14 years in that organization. What is it like for players going to new teams? I mean, should we expect them to be able to hit the ground running, play as we sort of expect them to, and the reasons why they were acquired, or is this something that can you know take a little bit of time to get comfortable and settle in with a new team? You know, it depends on the guy. It depends on the situation. You mentioned LaCristian Vasquez. He's going to go over there and he's going to get some decent playing time in Houston. But I think Maldonado is still going to get the uh, the the mountain share of those innings behind the plate. But if Christian Vasquez is set up to be your backup, that is maybe one of the best backups in Major League Baseball right now. Other guys like Juan Soto, I expect him just to hit the ground running. That guy is just pure talent and there's going to be like no adjustment period whatsoever. But other trades, you know, it could be interesting when a guy hits a new league. You know, we, we've seen a lot of guys struggle when they get the new teams. When I normally think about trades like this, I immediately think about the 1997 season and what ha happened to Mark McGuire. We went from Oakland over to St. Louis. He was terrible, like dreadful for an entire month until he turned on the Jets. And then, of course, you got the 1998 magical season. But it's good to, it just depends on the guy. I got traded one time, but I got traded from AAA spot to AAA spot. Was not rolling out the red carpet. I had to fill up my car and drive from <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska over to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I basically lived in my Ford Explorer for two weeks. 
But that was huge for you when you went to the Isotopes, man. You were just, you know, crushing it there with that stadium right next to the pit, you know? Is it, what a great location. I absolutely hated that place. It was the worst place I've ever played, and I am not ashamed to say it. Albuquerque, not my place. Sorry. No, thank you. Nothing to do. That Nothing. Was, that was my final stop on my road trip out to Las Vegas. Good old uh, good old Albuquerque. Uh, Oof. Good, good times. Um, Tough one. <laughs> um, Cody, you do a show in Chicago on 670 The Score, and yeah. so you keep a very close eye on, on the Cubs who stink and the White Sox who have been underachieving. And the White Sox and Adams Guardians did zippy today while the Twins were, were aggressive. And, you know, they got a, a starter. They got a, you know, the closer from, from the Orioles and Lopez. Uh, but you know, let's stick with the White Sox, you know, as a team that's been so disappointing this year to make no moves. Certainly, it just feels a little bit surprising considering what they're two games back, you know, entering today of the Twins. It's shameful, quite frankly, and, and it's even more laughable that two days ago they were reporting or trying to report that they were kicking the tires on Otani. If you couldn't get your hands on Rodon and Jock Peterson, I can't imagine what laughable trade package you put together for Otani. So let's be real clear. This team could have made a ton of moves. There were a ton of people out there they could have grabbed. Plenty of left-handed bats. Hell, in Chicago, you could have just grabbed Ian Happ. That would have been a phenomenal upgrade over in right field. Unfortunately, not the case. They needed another arm. They didn't get it. They needed a second baseman. They didn't get it. They needed an outfielder who could maybe hit from the left side. They didn't get it. And quite frankly, it's just a choice. It was They chose to not be active. They tried. Rick Hahn actually gave an interview saying how he was as frustrated as anybody else. But you're the general manager. If you're the one that's frustrated, then it's got to be ownership that's stopping him from making these trades. Speaking of teams that were disappointing here today with the White Sox and, and personally for me, the Guardians at the top of the list, are there any other teams that you feel like maybe didn't do enough that should have done some more? The Chicago Cubs. The fact that the Chicago the fact that the fact that Wilson Contreras is going to be playing tomorrow for the Chicago Cubs, especially in this trade market with that many catchers going. In the last 24 hours, we had four major league catchers get traded, and each one of those trades brought in a decent haul. And you're telling me that Mald that the literally the best catcher that was on the market that everyone knew was gone, that the Cubs even put out and leaked out that they were not going to extend and was on the trade market. Only thing this tells me is that maybe Jed Hoyer overplayed his hand and basically every other team moved on immediately. That's how Darren Ruff ended over there with the Mets where Contreras was ready to go to. That's how you got Cam Gallagher over in San Diego where Contreras was ready to go to. And obviously it looks like Tampa Bay's doing nothing without Zanino, which is fascinating because they could really use Contreras. Talk once again to our good friend Cody Decker at Decker6. So, as we stand, deadline behind us. There's no more waiver wire deadline, so it, it it's come and gone. Right now, who would you say is worth a play in the futures market? I mean, the San Diego Padres, man. You can't <laughs> deny what they just did. It's today was such a day that we forgot they got Josh Hader last night. They had already won the trade deadline, and then this today. My God, this is not a A.J. Preller, the next statue they have to erect there has to be A.J. Preller. This is ungodly what they brought in today. It's incredible. Another team that did really well, I mean, I think the St. Louis Cardinals did really well as well. They got their hands on Jordan Montgomery, and that was a trade I think they absolutely crushed and 
fleeced the Yankees out of. I think that one's going to end up hurting the Yankees when it's all said and done. Because uh, that's what the St. Louis Cardinals really needed. They needed some arms, and they got their hands on some arms. Along with Quintana, I- I'd watch out for the St. Louis Cardinals going forward in the Central. Cody, we've got about 30 seconds here. Obviously, the Yankees and the Astros, the, the two teams to beat in the American League. Do you feel like there's anybody that, that could kind of come off the pace and, and challenge those two teams or not really? I mean, not to take the divisions, but in October, listen, I know so far Houston has had Seattle's number, but this Seattle team is a special ball club. And if they get Julio Rodriguez back and they used to go on another run like they did right before the All-Star break, I wouldn't put it past Saint, uh, Seattle breaking some hearts in the Bronx this year. I'm really looking forward to it. But hey, man, at the end of the day right now, I think the Houston Astros are the team to beat in the AL. You can follow him on Twitter, at Decker6. That's just the way I know where he's going to be. He is everywhere, and uh, kudos to you. 2019 was amazing. That's all I have to say, Cody. That's all I will continue to say, because right now, eh, it's not so great. Strasburg. (laughs) And Corbin, how could we forget? (laughs) It's the nightcap here on Pieces. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.